0: Jesus It's time to break some holy bread Grab your coffee and your Bible Listen to what the Spirit says It's time for Daybreak Daybreak Good Morning. What? Good morning, buenos dias.
1: Is it buenos dias? No. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Today is fear not Friday. This is who are we? Who are we?
0: This is David. This is David. This is the Nesbits. Can you tell? And this is day. Joshua. Right. Can you tell we had another late light? Which night. is part
1: of the Nesbits band. And we'll get this thing kicked off. It's daybreak. And Ooh, Hallelujah.
0: So, in case you didn't know, today, today is. is September sixteenth, year of our Lord, twenty twenty-two. Which means tomorrow is his it's perfect. a surprise.
1: Hey, y'all, guess how old I'll be? No, Yo.
0: don't. Yes, do. Curious. <laughs> I
1: Hallelujah!
0: No, I see you.
1: No. You know you're always welcome to say anything you feel like saying to the people. I
0: love people.
1: The people, our friends.
0: Yeah.
1: He's only here this morning? We got a smaller group this morning. Hey, Scott Brudebaker. Brudebaker, excuse me. I said that wrong, didn't I? Good morning, Brother Charles, Leonard, Melissa. Who else, who else, who else? Bob, hey, it's good to see you last night, Bob. What a blessing it was to get to hug your neck. Diane, love you guys. Love you guys, love you guys, love you guys. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive in. Probably need to just go ahead and jump in this morning. We're talking about the ceiling. Uh and I guess today is part two. Let's read uh, Revelation seven three again. Revelation seven three again. You
0: said sealing.
1: I heard sealing. Like, oh, sealing. Sealing. You know what's weird is you know guess what I'm doing today? Guess what me and the boys are doing today? We're sealing a parking lot. <laughs> so it means we're covering it, right? It's covered. It's getting covered today. But When we seen the opening of the sixth seal, we got into chapter 7. We saw four angels on the corners of the earth that holds the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow. And it says that he seen another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. He cried with a loud voice to the angels, Don't hurt anything, guys. Putting that in my words, don't hurt anything. Wait, so judgment is like the vision is judgment. It's, I mean, it's coming. And then just says, wait a minute. Let me seal the servants of God on their forehead. And do not harm, verse 3, do not harm the earth, the sea, the trees, till we have sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144 thousand of all of the tribes of the children of israel now i'm going to stop there and i want to talk about the ceiling then we will read the ceiling of the 144 thousand in a moment yesterday we started looking at this principle of this mark of god and where it began in genesis there's this mark there's something in Revelation. Now, most of you have heard this all your life because it's the dreaded, feared thing, the mark of the beast, right? But the image is, is you're marked for the devil or you're marked for God. You're, you know, you're on one side or the other. You're you're, you're going to be marked as pro-Jesus or against Jesus. But as we're talking about that, we looked in Ezekiel 9, where this these. Another time when destroying angels went out and we saw in this that they were marked as well. And then the the, the destroying angels went out to destroy, but they did not touch anyone with the mark. Now, what this uh, could be labeled, you may hear some teachers say Goshen principle. And I want you to, to tell you today where that comes from. So in the book of Exodus, so this is sealed part two. But these are very important things. They are very important things to get a hold of. Uh, In Exodus chapter 8, I've jotted down scriptures here, so I'm going to be looking at my paper quite often. Exodus chapter 8, verses 22 to 23. In the days of Exodus, it says, verse 22, And in that day I will set apart the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, So that, or that no swarms of flies may be there in order that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land. I will make a difference between my people and your people. Tomorrow, this sign shall be. Now, Pharaoh also, in case I know you know this probably, but Pharaoh is an Antichrist type as well. He, He could even... One of the earlier ones, right? Pharaoh enslaved God's people. He he tried to uh, wipe out uh, the promise of the Messiah. The dragon inside the Pharaoh tries to wipe out the promised seed of the Messiah by killing the firstborn children. First, first what at Exodus 8, 22 and 23. By killing... The firstborn boys, or by killing the boys, and the boys were, right? So that's, you can see the dragon trying to stop the coming of the Messiah. Well, here, Pharaoh is told, look, God's going to make a difference between his people and you. And your people, okay? And so it's called the Goshen Principle. And let's jump on down to chapter 9 now. Chapter 9, verses 4 through 6. The Lord will make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So nothing shall die of all that belongs to the children of Israel. So not only now the, the flies, the land, now the animals. Okay, are protected as well. Now let's jump to chapter 10, verse 23. 10. 10. 23 as well, uh, marked. I'm still in Exodus, yes. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt. Darkness which may be felt. A darkness you can feel, right? Right. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel have light in their dwellings. What's the principle? God makes a difference between his servants and the Antichrist servants, which Pharaoh's an Antichrist type. Actually, Pharaoh in Egypt becomes a type for the world system in the end. Now, that's not only it. All of you know about Passover. And Passover is where the blood of the Lamb, it's in chapter 12. It's in verse 7 of chapter 12. It says, take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts, on the lentils of the houses, where uh, they eat it. So the blood of the lamb is put on the doorpost and the lentils of the houses. This is called the Passover. What was the deal? Here comes the death angel. The death angel is going to take out every firstborn of Egypt. Now this is in response to what Pharaoh tried to do with Israel. Take out all the bo- take out all the children, kill the children. The firstborn is is being killed, right? Well, God says, here, it's coming back on your own head. But if they took the blood and marked the doorpost and the lintels, guess what? The angel, he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. And this becomes a picture of salvation. This becomes a picture of the blood of the lamb that is applied to us that the death angel passes over us. Now, we still have to leave this body, but that's not death. The child of God never dies. We just sleep in Christ, right? We never die. The blood of the lamb, when we submit to the Lord, we put our trust in Jesus, we put our faith in Yeshua, the King of Israel, Okay, that blood that was shed is spiritually applied to us and we become marked so that the death angel passes over. But the point that we're trying to make as we're studying the book of Revelation, that there is a principle that we would call the Goshen principle, where God says, I will make a difference between my people and everybody else in this day. So we get in the book of Revelation and we're hearing the same kind of thing, right? There's a a mark, there's a seal. And again, the angel is answering the question, who shall be able to stand? Now, when we talk about standing and when we talk about overcoming, we talked about this when we were going through the letters to the churches, okay? But being victorious doesn't mean that no one ever dies for their faith. Actually, dying for your faith is overcoming, being faithful unto the, to the end, I will give you a crown of life. Right, and so, some, many of our brothers and sisters have been martyred over the last two thousand years of Christianity. Many, many, many have been martyred for the faith. But guess what? They stood. They stood. They were victorious. But the difference is, is standing up in the face of Antichrist spirit, standing up against the ungodly uh, wiles of the devil and the and the rule of the devil and the anarchy of the devil and standing against that as a child of God, that's totally different than the wrath of God that's pouring out. The sealing, the marking for the Christian, for the believer, is the protection of God's pouring out. Does that make sense? God's pouring out. I hope that makes sense. Anyway, let's go back now. Uh, I want to go to another book. Excuse me, I'm not back. Zephaniah 2 3, the book of Zephaniah 2 3. And I will just mention Psalm 91 here. Psalm 91 is another protection psalm that's In first context, about the Lord, the Messiah, the Christ himself, Yeshua, Jesus. Uh, But this protection psalm that is talked about applies to Jesus, right? And do you know they couldn't take Jesus, they couldn't touch Jesus until it was time? But then when the Father decreed it was time, then they were able to take him and do with him what they would, right? Right? But through that, salvation comes to whosoever believes now. Now, that being said, we are, we are part of the body of Christ. Therefore, the psalm that talks about protection for the Lord is the same psalm that you can grab a hold of for protection for you. Protection from falling away, for protection from the wrath of God what it doesn't mean is that we don't have to stand up against the evil in this world. God's people have always been called to stand up stand up against the evil of this world. Always. Zephaniah chapter 2 verse 3. Seek the Lord, all you meek of the earth who have upheld his justice. Seek righteousness, seek humility, it may be that you will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. That's what we want. We want to be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. Praise the Lord. Now let's go back to Revelation and let's just jump a little ahead and let me show you something here. So we're in Revelation 7, but just for a second, let's jump over to Revelation 9. We'll get there before long, of course, going through verse by verse. But just to kind of get an idea of what we're talking about here, in verse four of chapter nine of the book of Revelation, there's these uh, there's these locusts that come out, right? These demonic locust-looking beings that have been given power. It's during one of the blowings of the trumpet, right? Actually, it would be uh, the fifth trumpet locust from the bottomless pit. This horde of demonic beings that torment people, they're given, they're told to torment people for five months. Well, now look at verse four. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth, nor any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given, and they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months so here's what we're talking about a ceiling of protection that is taking a place for the future judgments that is being poured out by the trumpet the blast of the trumpet and so now god is doing a ceiling so now let's go back to revelation chapter 7 and let's look at those who are sealed and before we let's see what kind of time we got 19. I'm going to read it right quick and I want to say just a few things before we get off here today. So, verse 4 said, I heard the number of those who were sealed. Now, I'm back in Revelation 7 4 now. Those who were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Of the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Gad, 12,000 were sealed, of the tribe of Asher, 12,000 were sealed, of the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 were sealed, of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 were sealed, of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 were sealed, of the tribe of Levi, 12,000 were sealed, the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 were sealed, of the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 were sealed, the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 were sealed, of the tribe of Benjamin, 12000 We're sealed. Let's stop with verse eight for this Bible study today. So 144,000, 12,000 were sealed of the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, you may have heard it said, you probably have heard it said many times. Many things are taught today. Many things are taught. And people will say, well, you know, the lost tribes of Israel, the lost tribes of Israel, the lost tribes of Israel. I'm going to point out some scriptures to you. I, I jotted these down before I went live, but and and you can rewind and pick all these up. But I want to say this: they're not lost to the Lord. Jesus knows exactly where they are. Can I get an amen? I mean, he says, "Of the tribe of Judah were sealed." Of the tribe, and he names twelve tribes, were of God's seals, twelve thousand fulfilling his covenant uh, and promise. but but I want you to I want to I want to talk about a few things. You see, when the empires took the ten tribes and they were captured the northern tribes, but they still became part of the same area that then Babylon captured and took over. When Babylon took people captive into the Babylonian empire, they were taken from all the places. All the 12 tribes were there, and they were taken into captivity. When, when, when they were let loose, they went back to rebuild Jerusalem. They went back to the homelands, and when you study Ezra, uh, Ezra and Nehemiah, you'll find out that they went to their own cities, right? But here is the point that I want to make. I want to I give you some scriptures, and these are going to be fast. Luke 2.36. Anna, Anna, the prophetess Anna... It, it says in Luke 2.36 that she was from the tribe of Asher. I thought I thought nobody knew in the New Testament times who they were of. Yeah, she knew. And the writer, Luke, knew. Luke 1.5, John, Zechariah, Elizabeth, they were all from the tribe of Levi. Luke 1.5? Luke 1.5, right? In Luke 22... 30, we have Jesus telling the apostles, you're going to sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. How could he say that? Jesus don't know that there's 12 tribes of Israel. They don't know where they are. Jesus don't know where they are. God don't know where they are. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And they're going to judge the 12 tribes of Israel. Romans 11, 1, Paul says, Romans 11, 1, Paul says, he is of the tribe of Benjamin, Acts 26, 7, when the apostle Paul is standing in front of King Agrippa, King Agrippa, he says this, to this promise, our 12 tribes, listen to this, this is the preaching of Paul. Saul, who took his Greek name Paul, when he became an apostle to the Gentiles, he's in front of King Agrippa, he's preaching the gospel to him, he's talking about the promise of the Messiah, and then he says this, to this promise of... To this promise, our 12 tribes, earnestly serving God, night and day, hope to attain. Paul didn't act like they didn't know there were 12 tribes. James, the epistle of James 1.1 says that he is writing the letter to James to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that people's like, we have no idea. God knows. God does know. God does know. And he promised in the end, he's going to draw them back in. He's going to draw them back into the land that he promised them. And then the end time scenario is going to take off. Okay. So even if you don't know, or I don't know, God knows. He knows. And they are sealed. Well, I guess that'll do it for this week. Hallelujah, and uh, we'll we'll pick up from there in verse nine of chapter seven. Check this out, guys. For my birthday, got me a new preaching Bible. Hallelujah! It's giant print, thin line, New King James Version preaching Bible. Hallelujah. Thank you for being here. Love you guys. Thank you. This Thank you for studying this weekend. Of course, we're at the upper room tomorrow. Brother Bernie will be preaching at Providence on Sunday. We are at Bellevue, Belmont, Belmont, Belmont General Baptist Church in Morgantown, Kentucky. Uh, we will be singing up there. So, if any of you are close to that area, Morgantown, Kentucky, and if you live around there, close and within drive. Come out and be with us Sunday. Amen. All right. You be blessed. Have a great, great weekend. And uh, remember to go and assemble with brothers and sisters and hear the preaching of the word and fellowship with people. Love on people and pray for one another. In the name of our King Jesus. Amen. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. Hey, I love you, saints. Thank you, God. Uh, thank God for all of you and for being here. Uh, I appreciate your um, encouragement for this Bible study. I, I really do appreciate it, you know, because, I, you know, we're all humans. We're all just people. And every so often it's like, man, does anybody really even care? But you guys always let me know that you care, and I appreciate that very much. So if I don't see you at one of the services this weekend, I'll see you again right here. Tuesday morning, 7 a.m. God bless. Shabbat Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom.